I don't fully have words to express that other than like my life has changed for the first time this year in July, I believe at 34 and a half years old, it was the first time I was excited to be alive. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. We are back with a very impactful episode. Casey Joy, the queer priestess, joins me on this podcast. You guys, if you have ever been or are currently in a situation right now where you're like, I do not know how to get out of this. I do not know how to help this. I have this mystery illness. I have this shitty situation at home. I have this feeling of being stuck. I have a challenge right now that I honestly don't know how to get out of. This is your fucking episode. This is your episode. Casey is a healer. She's an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's a mom. She is a practitioner at the Vitalist Institute, which is my breathwork place. And she also does Zoom consultations, digital consultations, And um, she's been through some shit. She has been through some shit. And she tells us about that. And and I ask her a question about how she was able to get out of all of this stuff. And she, she gives really awesome detailed answers. And I think for anyone, if you're queer, if you're not queer, if you are currently going through a situation, if you're not currently going through a situation, if you're not a wife, are a wife, if you are a mom, not a mom, <laughs> you are going to connect to this because we've all been through some shit in our lives in one way or another. And um, Casey gives really, really cool descriptions about how she got herself out of these situations and how she is doing on the other side, which is great. It's, I think it's really important for us to hear people that we look up to tell us about what it took to get out of the situations that they were in and how great the payoff is at the end, you know, how great they were rewarded at the end. Um, I really believe our subconscious needs, our subconscious brain needs to hear that. So this is one of those episodes. It's really powerful. You guys are going to love it. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I did not say that at the beginning of this recording and I love you guys. Enjoy. So you guys, Here's the thing. Let's just cut right to the effing point. I am a self-development coach. Root Awakening is a self-development company. Here is how you can get in touch with my content and learn more about what I do and get support from my content. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. You can get on my email list via my link in bio on Instagram. And I send out like two to three emails a week, but it's not just selling all my shit, right? It's literally, it's tips that I don't share with the rest of the world just for you guys. And it gives us this, this tribe space for me to share extra support with you. And this is support that I learn on my day to day. So it's like real time advice. Once I learn to heal something, I kind of share it with you guys. You can also work with me one-on-one. I do coaching like life coaching, 
um, if you want to start your own business, if you want to bring in something into your life that could be joy, that could be happiness, that could be a material item. I help you do that. I help you get what you want in life. So you can email me. My email is in the show notes. You can also DM me on Instagram about my one-to-one coaching. And then I have two different group coaching courses. I have Manifestation Exploration, which is a online course about how to manifest, but it's also a group coaching course. So I coach the course and you get to meet like-minded people who are into manifestation and all that. And we just launched Type B Business School. Do you know about the Type A, Type B personality types? The type A personality type is very organized, very structured. They fit really well into typical society. We need people like this. This is amazing. We need the organized people. We need the consistent people. We need the mathematically brained thinkers. We need the people that are like very typical to like what we get taught in public schools. We need those people. I'm not one of those people. I'm a type B person. I'm flowy. I'm all over the place. I'm not organized. I'm not driven. I'm not a go-getter. I'm not a go-getter. Some of you may think that I am, but I've never seen myself like that. I've never seen myself as outgoing and yet I have created a business. How have I created this business? I have a system and I teach you that in the Type B Business School. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School, which is an online course by the way. There is a bonus in the Type B Business School that is called the Confidence Workshop. So you get the Confidence Workshop. You get the Type B Business School online course to show you how to build your business from the ground up. I'm talking tech. I'm talking starting your social media page. I'm talking content creation. I give you literally everything you need. Payment platforms to start your alternative business service or product-based online business. You get it all plus a group coaching program. So I coach the group. You can meet other people that are like-minded to you and it's on pre-sale right now. There is a pre-sale price that you can grab. It's the cheapest price this business school will ever be and you can find the pre-sale price and you can learn more about the course in my link in bio. All right, let's get moving with this episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. First things first, I have to say my sound fucking sucks. I know my sound sucks. I got a new pair of headphones and it sucks. It sucks, you guys. It sucks more than if I don't use the headphones, but I need the headphones and we're working on the sound and we're going to come back with a even better microphone for this podcast that will be very professional. I promise you, my guest today has better sound than I do. I think that's been the trend the past couple of days. So I just want to let you know that I'm aware how much my sound sucks. Nonetheless, I'm excited today. I'm very excited. We have a special surprise guest on this podcast. Casey Joy, the queer priestess, has joined me today. I'm so excited to talk with her. Casey Joy is a queer woman, wife, mom, healer, entrepreneur, and someone deeply devoted to helping the queer community heal, not because they're broken, but because they've endured suffering due to a broken system. This is fascinating to me. This makes a lot of sense to me. I'm sure it makes a lot of sense to those of you who are listening as well. I met Casey at the spot that I do breath work at in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is called the Vitalist Institute. It's changed my life. I was actually just sending a voice message to the guy that recommended me to this place like five minutes ago. And I was like, this this place has become a part of my identity. <laughs> I, I felt the words leave my mouth and I was like, what does that even mean? But it's true, I guess. It, it has really, breathwork has become such a big part of my life. Anyway, um, I met Casey at the Vitalist Institute because she was facilitating, helping to facilitate one of the classes. 
and she introduced herself to the class and she was like I am a life coach and was also called into the breathwork space and the ceremonial space and I was like oh my god that's amazing because what I do also kind of looks like life coaching and I'm being really called to breathwork and I'm really excited to hear about her story. I don't know about her story. I just asked her if she would come on the podcast. So I think um, I'll know the right questions to ask for, for people who are also curious more about her journey. And I'm just really excited to have you on. Casey Joy, welcome to Root Awakening a Health podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. And I think you represent a very unique space in the healing world, but also just in the world, <laughs> because we're just discovering breath work now. And we're just kind of also discovering, I believe in society that we're all human. So no matter what our story is, we are all one. I believe that we're, we're all starting to realize that. And you've claimed a lot of, you've claimed a lot of your story in a way that probably a lot of people might be nervous about or feel out of place about you. I know a little tiny bit about your story and I know that, you know, you've like really used, you've, you've taken on what you've experienced and you've transformed it into empowerment. That's what I feel from you. Curious to hear if you agree. But just, I guess, if we can start out with you telling us about, okay, how did you start to become a life coach? Then how did you start to get into the breathwork space? What is your background a little bit with what you're doing now? Yeah, what I really love is that you can see without really actually even knowing me, without knowing my story, that I have taken my story and turned it into empowerment. Um, and so, you know, my background is I come from a lot of childhood trauma and a lot of suffering. And so then 14 and a half years ago, I came out as being a queer woman for the first time. And 13 and a half years ago, I met my then now wife. Um, and we dealt with like just a lot of, a lot of church trauma of it's, it's sinful to be gay. You can't, you can't date a woman. And oh, by the way, prior to meeting Sarah J, who is my wife, um, I had two kids and I now have three kids, but I had two kids from two different dads and now I have three kids from three different dads. And there was just a lot of like being told from the church, like I couldn't be who I am. Right. Like I, there was just like a, I was like a sinful person because I didn't meet the status quo of who the church thought that I should be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Sarah and I dated and, you know, I introduced her to Jesus just, you know, like it was a hard thing for me to like wrap my head around those last few years of maybe had I not introduced her to Jesus, maybe we wouldn't have endured so much church trauma. Mm. 
And also there's so much beauty and the fact that like, I did get to introduce her to Jesus because I get to see even now, now that we're not in the church of like how important prayer is, how important being able to tune into our intuition and being able to hear the whispers from divine of like, Hey, maybe you just like go check on this person or here's an idea for you. And being in the church, I really was able to see with um, Sarah, her gifts and her spiritual gifts. And so fast forward to 2016. So it had been six years ago. I had heard of a life coach for the first time. And at the time I was, so at one point I did marry a man and Sarah and I had separated. I married a man who's very abusive. We got divorced. I had already had Lila and Sarah and I got back in relationship with each other. And based off from my childhood trauma, the church trauma, and then the, the trauma that I endured with the marriage, I just became like this really sad, bitter woman. And I was young. I, you know, I got pregnant when I was a senior in high school. So I was 17. I just turned 18 two weeks prior to having my first baby. And um, I just knew deep down there had to be a better way. There had to be like, I grew up in poverty and I was living in poverty with these three children. And I grew up with angry parents and I was being an angry mom with my kids. And I just, I just, I can't explain it. I just had a deep knowing that there had to be a different way. And so I was on Facebook one day and um, this, this woman had come across my Facebook of being a life coach. And so whatever she said resonated and I signed up with her and within the first month based off from like my strengths and some of like the different personality tests that I had taken I was like this makes so much sense to me of like I feel like in a lot of capacities I've been a life coach my whole life my friends mm -hmm. have always come to me for advice they've always talked to me about like their points of suffering and I've always been like the optimistic friend of like, I, like, I see you and I hear you. And there's like, there's a lot of validation in the way that you're feeling, but can we see it a different way? You know? And so from hiring my first coach, I then went through life coach training and I didn't get certified because of the way it was set up. And I just didn't really do anything with it. I like saw a few clients for about a year and a half and I was so stuck on the story that I didn't have a certification. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to 2018, I had become a kids pastor at a church here local in Grand Rapids who, you know, was open and affirming. They had just opened and I had reached out to them like you you're saying you're a church for everybody and anybody and everybody, but what about the queer community? Because I've had so much hurt and they were like forwardly progressive, you know, 
And they were like, oh yes, come. So in August, the pastor and I had had a conversation about me becoming the kids pastor. And so I became the kids pastor at this open and affirming church. Now there are like multiple people in the congregation that are identified as queer because they too asked the question. And in February of 2019, the Methodist church had their ruling where if you were queer and you were a paid member of the church, like it was no longer a thing. Like you, you lost your position. So you couldn't be a pastor, a leader or a clergy member with a paid position within the Methodist church because of the ruling. So I spoke up as a queer woman who's a kid's pastor being like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sorry, this is happening to you. And also know that one day you, you will find your church as have I, where you can be a leader. And immediately they were calling me like, what are you doing? Cause at this time, Sarah J and I weren't dating. Mm. Um, we weren't dating externally. We were dating courting behind closed doors, not letting people on our Island. Um, and just like taking it really slow, which was really smart of us. And ultimately like the conversations just where I was just like on the phone of the pastor and I'm like wait is what you're saying that you wouldn't allow somebody who's queer to be a pastor or leader in your church and he was like that's exactly what I'm saying and I'm like why the fuck am I the kid's pastor mm-hmm. and he goes oh well, we just like we've because I identified as a bisexual woman. And he was like, Oh, we thought Jesus saved you from your situation. Hmm. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness. And so ultimately, what happened was that as a queer woman, I wasn't going to stop being queer. (laughs) And so I lost the position of being the kids pastor. So I had worked with a holistic counselor to work through that because I I developed a huge stutter I was having panic attacks I gained a lot of weight um and so that incident put me down like a deep dark deep hill and the beautiful thing is that I realized that I would never find what I was looking for in a church and I came to this realization that God is within me and I am also God. And I then proposed to Sarah J and we got married because I'm like, we're never going to get the permission that we're looking for from external people. I knew the permission had to come from within. And it took that situation, you know, like deep devastating situation to really fully be able to see the gift that could unfold between Sarah J and I. Um, I feel like I'm jumping a little bit, but so then I worked with this woman. Oh, oh my goodness. She just, the holistic counseling. She had also gone through the vital school and the stutter went away. The panic attack stopped. And she was like, you're really meant for greatness, Casey. And so I told her about this life coaching training that I taken and I was just like so hung up on the stupid certification and she's like 
you have to check out this school. You'll learn to stop giving a shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I reached out to Micah and I was like, okay, was this one part going to be part of the school this year? Because if it is, I'm in. But if it's not, count me out. <laughs> and he's like, it's not a part of the school this year. <laughs> Let's have a conversation to see if it still could be a good fit for you. <laughs> so we have the conversation. He invites me into the school. Um, and I'm, all of a sudden I turned bright red when we're getting off the call, he goes, what's, what's going on? Like, what are you feeling in your body? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like really hot. It's in my chest. And I'm just like, what happens if something comes up financially where like, I can't follow through with this. Yeah. Emily, six days later, the whole world shut down. Oh my God. So I was working at a dentist office at the time. And then the dentist office had to close because of the pandemic and thankfully you know like all the ways of like all the magic happened to where like the money came in the part that I wanted to be in the school was like offered virtually by like the doctor himself you know and so yeah so I was able to like still do that part of the program and then I went what was that part of the program like I'm Uh, curious with the doctor that sounds very interesting. Um, Dr. Moshe, um, and he teaches holistic counseling. So I was able to train. Um, I'm still training with him for holistic counseling. Um, but he used to teach at the naturopathic school here in Michigan, but I believe he lives in Canada. Super fascinating because like the holistic counseling approach is if you have a body ailment, you can start with the body ailment, like say my shoulder's hurting. We can like focus and dial in on the shoulder pain, but trail it down to like the moment that the, the ailment took place and see what is the limiting belief attached to what was going on and work with the limiting belief and heal the limiting belief. And then the ailment heals also. Magic, magical those of you who are in my audience and looking at my stories on Instagram may know that I was just talking about how I am playing around with the idea and basically have the belief at this point that our physical, like you say, physical ailments, our physical imbalances always tie back to mindset. Or if you don't want to think about it as mindset, like Casey said, limiting belief or some kind of emotional thing that can be healed or balanced out or worked through. And Casey responded to my story and told me this and put it in these words that, yeah, I'm, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, Casey, but you're like, I'm studying with someone or under these, under these principles, it's been shown that if you trace a physical ailment back to a limiting belief and heal that limiting belief, the, the physical ailment, is resolved, which is so magical, so encouraging. I have been dealing with chronic candida overgrowth, and it's just been this whole thing ever since I started this podcast and even a couple years before that. And um, I have had clients who have had mystery illnesses, chronic illnesses, and I think this is just such an amazing thing to note, for people to know that that's even possible. Have you seen this yourself yet? 
in with your clients? Uh, working with the ailment? Yeah. Like, have you seen oh. that process, the evidence of that process working yourself? Yes, but, but it doesn't, I feel like I have to have the buy-in from the client. Like the client has to believe that it's possible. Yeah. Because they don't believe that it's possible. Uh, we don't get anywhere. Um, but yes, in one session, I worked with a woman who had like chronic neck pain. And we were able to trace it back to a moment in time when she was like seven years old in the bathtub. And she like, she was like kind of having a, basically a panic attack as a child in the bathtub and like wailed her head backwards and hit her head on the tub wall. And we dealt with what was going on in her life at that point in time. And the neck pain was completely resolved. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so awesome. That is yeah. so cool. Uh, okay. So letting you get back to your story. You, it was the pandemic. The, the funds came through to go to the Vitalist School at the Vitalist Institute. You got to study with this guy that you wanted to study with. Mm -hmm. And then what yeah. happened? And, and then what happened? I also, during the pandemic, took quantum healing hypnosis technique training. Oh, that's awesome. So, so that like taps you into the past lives. Um, it's a beautiful session. And then in August of 2020, um, I started the vitalist school and simultaneously to starting the vitalist school. I are, I also decided I was going to start working with clients. Like I just knew, I knew enough to get started and I would just bring in the tools and techniques from the vitalist school with my clients. And so for, from August until May, I went through the school while simultaneously building my business and working at the dentist office. And while I was at school, the, the, the school is so brilliantly set up. Micah and Leah have done a fantastic job with it because you get to go through it as a client and heal your own stuff while then also learning the tools of how to be a practitioner. Mm -hmm. So the philosophy really is um, practitioner heal thyself because as practitioners, like we can really only take our clients into the depths in which we're willing to go. And if we're like, if I was still like an anxious ball mess, you know, having panic attacks on a daily basis, I, my capacity to be able to hold my clients would be much, it would be so limited mm -hmm. compared to now. Um, so the school changed my life. Like the school changed my life, Emily. I don't fully have words to express that other than like my life has changed. For the first time this year in July, I believe, at 34 and a half years old, it was the first time I was excited to be alive. Oh my God. Yes. I'm familiar with this fucking feeling. And it's very recently where I started to feel that that's, this is amazing. <laughs> so two years. So I ended up doing two years of school and I'm in the school. I'm going to the breathwork ceremonies. I'm doing the cacao ceremonies. I'm doing the bioenergetics classes of like, I 
was so determined to heal my trauma that I was just all in. Um, and my marriage has never been better. My relationship with my kids have never been better. Like I don't yell at my kids. I'm not a sad, bitter, angry ass mom. Like I fucking love my children. Um, I love being around my wife and she also has gone through the vitalist school and is going through it again to learn how to be a practitioner. Mm. Um, and all of the big, huge dreams and visions that I've had since I was a little girl are coming to fruition. And so it's like, I've always just had this like small seed within me of like, there has to be a better way. And even in the dark, like the darkest days, that light still flickered. And now it's just like a huge fire. You know, like when I say like, I'm excited to be alive, like I fully am excited to be alive for myself, for my family, for the queer community, for the world. I'm, I'm on board with the fact that I have a big mission and the tools, right? Like the life coach, the holistic counseling, the quantum healing, the Reiki training, the breath work, the somatic pieces, all of it has changed my life. And all of them are tools in which I can provide other people to help change theirs. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It's like, would you say this feeling of and I I I I had to I have to just take note of how I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. But also my entire life, I didn't even I didn't even think happiness was real. I thought people were lying when they said that they're happy. Like just like mm-hmm. more than in a fleeting moment, right? When people said like I am genuinely like happy, like long term, I'm happy. I thought they were lying. I'm like, you're fake as fuck. You're lying because I didn't think it was real. Okay. Yeah. I grew up with parents that were like, nobody could ever be that happy. Yes. Also, my last name is Joy. Yeah. (laughs) I chose the last name on purpose. Wow. After you have had this, this awakening and realization. Um, when Sarah J and I got married, we were like, I don't want my dad's last name. And I was like, I sure shit don't want your dad's last name. So let, let's choose our own last name. So then we're like, okay, what do we want to embody as individuals, as a couple, as a family, and then bring it forward to the world? Like joy. Let's bring joy to our lives. Um, and so, yeah. And last that's joy so- on purpose. So when you guys chose that name for yourselves, were you feeling joy? in that moment or were you or was that a goal for you to to bring joy into your life by very symbolic of creating that name for yourself it's a great question both because we were there was joy of being able to figure out and realize that we could be married and we no longer needed permission from the church Mm -hmm. or from the god in the sky And also we had, 
a lot of back and forth of being in and out of relationship with each other, which created its own set of trauma. So being able to like one day get to the joy. So it was both. Cool. And yeah, the three years, it took like two and a half years of like figuring it out and really working hard on our marriage to heal and remember each other's light because Sergey and I like deeply love each other on such a soul level um, that our shit was just getting in the way. And of course it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you explain things. I connect with what you say so deeply, Casey, that I kind of don't even know how to respond because everything inside of me is like, that's exactly exactly like these little pieces we have two different stories but these just little pieces of let me say it like this the overall sentiment of what you're saying I think is so 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 relatable when we start to discover that something like joy one is real and then and then want to deepen our experience with it as you say when choosing the name joy I think that's so relatable when when we start to dive into healing and start to experience the quote-unquote better feelings second I think how you describe being basically being enthusiastic about life being excited to live feeling like you're deserving of living. You didn't say all these things, but these are the sentiments that come to mind when I hear you talk about this feeling of like, first time in my life, I'm excited to be alive. All of these sentiments, and yeah, you're nodding your head so that you you kind of feel those, those words too. Yes, yes. All of these sentiments are so relatable as well. And I will say, this is what I wanted to say a little bit earlier when I kind of interjected there, I will say that I think these feelings start to come up when you find that purpose, that the the, the purpose, the, the feeling that you are meant to be on this earth to do this, at least in part, when you find something that feels that when you find something that is your life purpose for for this time. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and also it really is about following the threads to get to the point of like realizing what is the life purpose. And I can see moments in time of like throughout my childhood where I still felt those feelings where I would, you know, I'd find the feeling by going to the, all the different churches with all of my neighbor friends. And I'd find it in giving, you know, finding my power and having sex as a teenager and a young adult, just like the, the thrill, the passion, the excitement, the, like, there is something really, I like, I can feel it, like, in my body, I'm just like, it just feels like the vital life force, right, like, of finding, finding the yumminess of, and the sacredness of going to a church, you know, whatever denomination it is, right. Um, It just dropped into my conscious 
awareness, like as I was speaking that of like, that's why when, like, if I meet somebody and they're, even when I identified myself as a Christian and they were like, oh, I practice Buddhism. I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. But like, also as a child, I went to all these different churches and denominations Mm. of like how beautiful that I was set up to be so open to spirituality. And like, you get to like practice and live how you want to live and practice. Um, I think that answers your question. Yeah. I just had a squirrel, squirrel train happen. Nope. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. It's, it's like we can, some people can remember little, little moments of this, <laughs> this, this happy excitement to be alive. And I would say some people too have that merged with situations that weren't that, that caused pain in their lives, mm-hmm. like drugs or a good old fashioned trauma bond in a romantic relationship. <laughs> I think uh-huh. we all know what that feels like. It's so exciting and it's so like, oh, romantic and good. And then you're like, wow, this person wasn't healthy for me at all. And that didn't work. But the, the moments leading into that were like super exciting. And some people just have these really nice memories, can can dig into these really nice memories of just, it, it was, help, whatever they were experiencing as a child was helpful to them. And they had this, this exciting feeling to be alive. And then later on, let's say you, you do a lot of healing. And I, I just think a lot of people are either about to go through this, just starting to go through this, or have been going through this since the pandemic, just in the past, like 10 years, it's, it's becoming a thing. People are realizing, oh, I have to heal spiritually and emotionally. That's what really feels good for me right now. And also, I, I might have a purpose in life that I can do as my full-time job and not hate it, actually really love it. And this, this change in consciousness is starting to happen within our society. So I think a lot of people are experiencing this right now. So when we start to dig into all that emotional spiritual shit and we start to connect with what we want in my mind it's like just validating what you want (laughs) validating the stuff that you want that also feels good and like nurturing to you just like allowing yourself that allowing yourself that and 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 when you zoom out enough it's often like I want to help my pe- myself and then I want to help people or I want to help myself and people simultaneously. That's just what it looks like. It's a bunch of different ways of, of doing that. And when we, we allow, just allow that, that's when our, I believe that's when our life purpose comes out. And then this is what I'm getting to. As our life purpose comes out, this is when we start feeling this magical dynamic. Whoa, I feel good. I've never felt better. I am diving into these emotional spiritual depths and like healing my shit. Oh my God, all of a sudden I'm not responding in the way that I used to. The way that I'm just behaving naturally and authentically is like starting to work now. All of a sudden things are changing, but like how? But I'm just like acting different. And then, wow, I can use some of these skills that I'm learning to help other people. And they're experiencing these amazing shifts in their life. And oh my gosh, now my my kids are catching the vibes too and they're feeling good. And my, my family members, my parents are maybe catching the vibes and they're feeling good. It's this whole symbiotic like, whoa, 
life can be this good and there are challenges along the way and there are things to work through along the way. But this thing that Casey describes that I'm so obsessed with right now is I think it's becoming more, thank God, it's becoming more and more relatable to the, to us. This feeling of like, oh my God, it's possible for me to feel good, for me to help other people, for me to get paid for that and enjoy getting paid and doing that. And then to cause this positive ripple effect and invite even, even more awesome experiences into our lives. This whole dynamic is possible. And we're starting yes. to figure that out. And I just love how you you described that because I think it's this is the feeling that can be achieved by all of us. And I believe it happens when we really lock into the the purpose that we're supposed to be fulfilling at this moment, even if it changes, even if there are more more purposes added in the future. It's like the it's like fulfilling the purpose that you you are meant to fulfill in this moment in time. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, absolutely. I I absolutely agree. And within that, it's like, I feel called to say, it's not like you have to be in the personal development industry and be an entrepreneur and a CEO to be in your life's purpose. Like your life's purpose. You know, my wife, for example, is an industrial maintenance mechanic and her purpose is to go to work and seed and pour into the people that she's working with. Even though now she's she's realizing that she wants to do this work alongside of me, she, like, she gets to go to work and show up and let the ripple into the industry in which she's working in. And my kids, you know, I've brought um, my kids to some of the events and have taught them how to drop into their body and find their resource and breathe and have access to their own vital life force. And they get to go to school and share with their peers, right? Like right now their purpose is to go to school and, you know, unless they want to drop out and go to work, my two oldest have jobs and like my middle kiddo during an interview, the manager was like, well, how do you handle stressful situations? And they were like, oh, well, I just like close my eyes and find my resource. Yeah. And she's like, our resource, like what's a resource, you know? And so my middle human got to like explain this to wow. a manager in a fast food uh, company, you know? And it's just like, it's fun to see how even as teenagers right now, like their purpose is to go like shine light into the world and help other people feel better. But like, it wouldn't have happened if six years ago, I didn't say yes to the deep knowing that there had to be a different way than endure the pain and suffering that I was so used to my entire life and believe all the limiting beliefs and believe all of the things that were holding me back. And and so it's just like, in so many ways, this work has changed my life. It's changed the dynamic of my entire family. Yes, <sighs> totally. I love all the points you make. And being able to see that, I think, is such a cool indication of where you're at, too. Like being able yeah. to see how impactful stuff is. Because it's, it's hard for us humans to see that sometimes, how, how impactful we really can be. Every, every little piece of how, how impactful we can be, how impactful others can be, how impactful every life event 
can be. Um, to, to be able to see things big picture like that, I think is awesome. Yeah. And an amazing note that helping people can look like anything and helping people can look like any context. We need all different types of people in this world. We need all, all different types of people who want to do different types of jobs and, and activities and all that. And it's, it's cool that you got to see that in real time in, in your life. So now at this point, where are you at in the journey currently right now? Um, so I'm working my business full time. I'm just now fully coming on board with owning that I'm the queer priestess Mm -hmm. and that really my mission is to go help the queer community heal. And, you know, there still is the vision that I get is like a, you know, a circle in the middle and then a circle on the outside. And so the circle in the middle is people who identify as queer. And the circle outside of them are the people who don't necessarily identify as queer, but they're allies and they're advocates for the queer community. And those are the people that I work with because, you know, as a queer person, like I need allies. I need people Mm -hmm. to have my back to fight for me for my rights. And um, it can't just be us. And so that's really beautiful to me because a lot of a lot of clients that I do work with are allies of the queer community and so I went through the vitalist school for two years and now I have an office inside of the vitalist institute I am working with people virtually but also in person I've started assisting and leading some of the classes at the vitalist institute um, during the week to teach the back bioenergetics and different active meditations and breath work and um so in that sense like career wise entrepreneur wise that's where I'm at of really coming into the owning that as a queer woman my role and my purpose in this world in this lifetime right now is to help us in the queer community so that they can heal so that they can go back out into the world and be the best fucking version of themselves because I just cannot get behind the fact that the queer community is deserving of suffering Mm -hmm. and there's so much suffering that happens within the queer community Mm -hmm. and thank everything I had the tools and the resources Versus to realize what was happening with the church trauma and to be able to get out of it. But like, those were a very long, hard 10 years to be able to like find the strength to pull myself out. Not to mention like what happens with like people who are homophobic and the threats that happen and the harm that's happening physically and people are ostracized and pushed out of their families and you know all of the laws still aren't in place for equal rights within the queer community and um so there's just a great deal of suffering and I just believe that if the tools are accessible then people can heal and there are a lot of 
cis hetero spaces that the queer community can go into and heal. And there's just not a lot of queer communities for the queer community to come into and heal. And I tried to ignore that calling for two years when I built my business of like, no way, I don't want to like have to claim that for myself. And now I'm just like, no, I'm going to claim that for myself. Um, so that's where I'm at. Okay, I have two questions and this is awesome. It's just cool to see you see and hear you describe going through these moments of, oh, I don't want to do this or this is really hard. And then you decided, okay, this is, let's do it no other way, but going this way. And then you did it. And then you have now, you have experienced very beautiful results. This, these moments are so important to me. I need to hear from people like you, Casey. I need to hear from people who have been through tough situations, have gotten out of it, gotten themselves out of it, or like, let's say, worked through it, done what they needed to do, gotten themselves out of it. I would say, especially in this context, that that applies. And have now achieved shit because of that. I think some of the biggest reasons why people stay stuck is they get in that hard space and they do not know how to get out of that hard space. They don't know how to get the energy to get out of that hard space. They don't know how to find the hope that if they do push to get out of that space or however you want it, whatever action word you want to use to get out of that space, good things will come. I, I, I think a lot of people lose, lose hope. So these moments, and just for, for, for me, myself, in my own journey to, to hear again and again and again, <clears throat> people I look up to telling me different stories about how they've been in a tough place and have gotten themselves out of it and now are reaping the rewards. It's everything to me. It's fucking everything to me. I really believe that it starts to change our subconscious to hear these stories from our role models, because again and again and again, we see evidence that, oh my God, okay, even if this feels hard, if I follow this call that, hey, something isn't right here, how can we go discover how to make things feel okay, better, right? Seeing that 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 creates a positive return in people's lives, I think that's so important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like for the last two years, what I kept feeling is my like part of my bigger story is that I, yes, I've endured all of the suffering and also I got to like turn it around. So my hope is that somebody who's living in poverty or somebody who, you know, is just really down and out on their luck, or they're like, they're dealing with the panic attacks. They're dealing with like these hard traumatic things that have happened to them. And and trauma is just, there was a before the incident, how you showed up and there's an after the incident and how you show up and respond. So like trauma doesn't have to be being fired from a kid's pastor's position. Trauma could just literally be, I was in this beautiful relationship and then the breakup happened, right? Like, but nothing went wrong or, you know, being in like a, a car bumper accident, but like everybody's safe. The car is safe. Mm-hmm. The internal system is shocked. And so now your internal system responds differently after the event. So, you know, um, 
I, I mean, I came from poverty. I don't know if you're familiar with the adolescence childhood um, experience that ACE scores. I have a nine ACE score. I have like watched brutal things happen in my childhood in my between my parents, with my siblings, with myself. Um, there's just like a lot of shit that I've been through where like sometimes I would tell pastors and churches and their like jaw would hit the floor and they would be like, wow, like I am shocked that you are sitting across this table from me Mm. based off from like some of the things that I've been through. And where was I going with this? My point was that I feel like my message is to share the hope. The like you can go through the dark situations. You can go through the suffering. You can be kicked out, you know, And also, can you close your eyes and be in the stillness? Can you find the flicker of light, even if it's the size of a needle pin? Because sometimes that's the only, like, that's how big the flicker was for me, Emily. And I just somehow knew to pay attention to the little tiny ass flicker. And along the way, I followed the threads of like, here's this life coach here, go read this book. Here's this personal development thing, worked on the mindset, worked with a journal, put myself in the bathtub, you know, and, and I know not everybody has access to a bathtub, but there are things that we can do when we don't have the privilege of having finances that can help us get out of our pain and suffering. And I believe that because I've gotten out of it and I have this calling, I'm being asked to show up to be able to provide that space and container for people to know that they don't have to stay there. And the more that I talk about it, the more people will believe that there's hope and possibility for them too. And when people know that they have hope and possibility, they realize, just like I realize, I belong to myself wherever I go. And I might not belong to the church and I might not belong to my family and I may not belong to this group of people, but I, Casey Joy, have figured out how to belong to myself. And it took being fired from the church to realize that. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift. And I just am a firm believer that we don't have to stay in that darkness. We just don't. And it's, it breaks my heart that people can't ever get out of it. Mm -hmm. Like the suffering and the state of suffering literally breaks my heart. Totally. 100%. And I've talked to people, I really enjoy talking to people in my audience or on Instagram who are like, there's no meaning in this life. I'm like, let's have a conversation about it. Because what what are what are your beliefs here? And it, it truly, like you said, with this method of healing physical ailments through trauma healing, emotional healing, 
the the there needs to be an openness to different types of beliefs. I'm going to say that. that that's, that's the data that I've literally gathered, that I use Instagram in part and my community as a way of gathering data to, to share with everybody about, hey, the people in the audience, that in my audience, the people that I see on Instagram, the people that I come in contact with on Instagram, most people that this and this and this have this and this and this in common. And I think it's an amazing way to to see, to get, <laughs> to, to me, it's like, I look to this kind of research as like the real science. You know what I'm saying? It's that, that that's mm-hmm. a controversial statement, but um, that that's the way that I like to gather my information. Anyway, the people that I've come across that have very like, well, life just sucks or this isn't possible for me. There's no will, they're, they're, when they're in that space, they don't have a willingness to be open to different ideas or, well, what about this? That like, maybe you were put on this earth for a deeper reason than that, or however you would, you'd want to have a different view on that. They, they are not open to that. And I'm not saying that they will never become, because I, I truly think we're put in situations sometimes that get so bad where we can say, you know what, I don't really give a fuck what I have to do. I'm getting myself out of this because this is bad now. Like this got real bad, like a relationship, for an example, or or a lot of people relate to the job example. Like you start a job, it seems okay. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And then someone gets hired onto the job and they're a fucking asshole. And they're like emotionally abusing you on the job. And you're like, okay, now I have to leave. That happened to me. <laughs> And I think a lot of other people, sometimes we get put into situations that get so bad where we have no other option than to become open to to other ideas. So what I'm saying now is like, that is the consistency that I've seen with people who are like, cannot get out of the darkness. There is not an openness to see, like you say, possibility and hope that maybe there's a different mindset that can be entertained here. Um, so anyway, I just think, I, I think that's interesting. And people like you, a lot of us have been, probably everyone listening to this podcast, to be honest, is being called to help others like that in one way or another, whether it be a job or whether it be just one conversation on a street the, those of us who can be open to different ideas and outlooks on life now are being called to maybe say something they're being called to say to someone who who isn't open to ideas or, or lend a hand to somebody who isn't open to, to other ideas right now. So I want to get back to these two questions that I wanted to ask you. One, how were you able to get out of that difficult situation? that you that you reference now of feeling like oh my god something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong okay but i have to get out of this somehow where where did you find the energy and and the confidence and the belief system to do that in what situation specifically I think you were talking about, there was one that you referenced. I think it was maybe you, you being kind of denied by the church. What, what, whatever your darkest situation was, your, your, the the time in your process where you were like, oh my God, this feels so hard. And 
and difficult. It feels like I'm never going to be able to get out of this, but somehow I know that I have to. Yeah, I think the two situations, I don't know. I think, you know, the mentor that I'm currently working with, she's just like, you are a scrappy motherfucker, Casey. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel like it has to go back to the light within because I've been in some like real dark situations. Um, and it's take, well, you know, I don't know. Um, it's like all of them are like coming flooding all at once. Like, how did you get out of this? How did you get out of this? And honestly, it, it makes it kind of makes me want to cry of like, I don't really know, except for I just knew that like I had to. And I know that some people can't, but you know, I was in relationship with my oldest dad and he was just so addicted to drugs. And I tried to leave, but I'm like, where am I going to go? You know, I didn't have home to go back to. I was, I, you know, I graduated high school and had to move out. And then at the same time, my mom was leaving her husband, my stepdad at the time. And so like, she hadn't even established where she was going to live. And so it was just like, okay, I just got to like figure it out. And so Savannah was three weeks old. I started working at Target and I remember signing up for WIC. So at the time it was like uh, for formula and I had to go to the WIC office to meet with somebody and the woman there, um, she's like, why are you working when your baby's three weeks old? So I just told her the situation of what was happening and he told me, He's like, okay, I want you to go to this bank and ask to set up this type of bank account. They're going to work with human resources at Target. You're going to have two checks, but it won't look like it so that there's no evidence of that. And so one check like was direct deposited into this bank account that nobody would like be able to access unless I showed three types of documents to get into it. And so for three months, all I did was like put money into this bank account until I had enough money to like leave. Thankfully, like my mom at the time had a place and I was able to stay with her for like two months with the baby. And I was able to get my own apartment. I left Target, started serving, saved up enough money to get a, my own apartment. And Savannah and I lived on our own for a little while. And then like the other situation that comes to mind is my marriage. Also, like we repeat patterns. So like I ended up in relationships that were like identical to my mom and dad's, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, it makes a lot of sense. I have so much empathy and compassion for myself of like, oh, it makes so much sense that you ended up in these relationships. And then like the other like high level, beautiful thing is that without these men, I wouldn't have my children. Mm. <laughs> you know so it's just like because I'm so connected to my kids on a soul level like I'm like oh yeah we definitely chose each other mm -hmm. um I've spent lifetimes with all of my kids previous lifetimes um 
my ex-husband was that was probably harder to get out of than the church because mm-hmm. the it was like I had so much shame for being queer and so I left Sarah J got I was like well I'm bisexual I no longer identify as a bisexual woman I'm I'm more likely pansexual but I really love women mm-hmm. um so anyways we dated, we got married, we got pregnant on our honeymoon. Um, our one month anniversary, I found out I was pregnant by maybe a month and a half into being married. I was like, who did I marry? Mm. And it like things escalated super fast. Um, and it was like one, the last straw after like separating multiple times and trying to like reconcile um I had we had gone to like a counseling session and the counselor was like I just want you to know Casey if you file for a divorce this marriage failing is on you what not to yes and I, and I just remember thinking like that is fucked up you just heard everything that he's done and now it's my fault. And I think the last straw was he took my last money out of my wallet and lit it on fire in front of me. And I was like, I cannot fucking do this. There's no way I can stay married to a man that does this stuff. Yeah. You know, he had never he had hit my he had put his hands on my kids he had never put his hands on me but like really close like I'd watch his fist like fly past my face into the wall Mm. but then he'd have it patched by the next morning like just intense fucked up shit Mm -hmm. um and I just I don't like all the will within me just knew I had to get out but again it was like where am I gonna go you know you know I'm not, I'm not connected to my dad and my mom has her own stuff and I don't have have other family. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Be a single mom to three kids. And so it just took a lot of like letting go of the shame of it's not my fault. If I get divorced, think everything. He ended up downtown somewhere working through like in a men's center and the psychologist had called me one day and was like, I just want you to know that if you reconcile this marriage, you will be putting yourself and your children in danger. I've been doing this work for over 30 years and I've never met somebody with this type of personality. Whoa. And I was like, okay. And so there was still some years of wrestling of like, feeling like it was my duty to reconcile this marriage or like if I could just be a little bit more submissive mm-hmm. if I could just you know just be quiet mm-hmm. just like don't cause trouble um and so I think you know in those two situations somebody like angels that felt like came to me being like here's a way out here's a door 
so if somebody else wasn't willing to share with me that there's another way and I wasn't open enough to listen, then I, I'd likely still be in both very dangerous suffering situations. Um, so it kind of like points back to the importance of you and I, Emily, sharing another way with the, with the world, right? Of like, just, just listening to the stillness and listening to the voice within that says like, can you share this information with that person? Because it might change their life because those two people definitely changed the trajectory of my life. Yes, I had to listen and I had to follow through, but had they not come into my path, I don't know where I'd be. Totally. Oh, I love this. I love this. There, multiple things had to happen. Yes, they had to recommend something to you and help you, which is, it's amazing to hear how these stories worked because I think we can all start to understand, okay, what was the, what, what were the components that, that helped Casey get out of this? Yes, they had to recommend you some shit to, to do, but also you had to be open enough to tell them about what, so enough detail about what you were experiencing, right? This is amazing. So I teach, this is a very light example, but I think it still really applies. I teach manifestation, just getting what you want in your life, just a process on how to do that, how to get these, these things. I started to realize, oh my God, I can manifest happiness. <laughs> what? I can manifest joy. I can manifest a car. I can manifest blah, 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 a date, whatever. And I talk about this process that I use. A very important step in this process of manifestation is fucking, it's, it's the action step, but it's basically reaching out to people, reaching out mm -hmm. to people, asking for help. We, we don't want to do that in this culture. We don't want to do that. People, pe we get discouraged from doing that. We think that we're weak. We think that we're annoying. We think that we think that people won't want to help us. We think that we will get rejected. I have a whole mock, a whole, I have several lessons on, on not giving a fuck about rejection anymore because it doesn't, it, it shouldn't have to affect us as much as it does. And it's a mindset shift. Anyway, that if I did not ask people for help, I don't think I would have anything in my life. I don't think I would have anything in my life. Why, you guys? Because we need connection. Was just talking to my therapist about it yesterday. Actually, she told me that. But she was like, Emily, we need connection. You would die. She didn't say this, but then it reminded me. We would die if we did not have connection. Like, if we were just born and left, we would die. Okay? Yeah. So this is a theme throughout our human experience that we need human connection. And I believe even if someone did nurture us to adulthood and then we were completely isolated, we would, we, we might still die just because we would, who, who knows what would happen to our psyche if we had zero human connection. It's like in that one movie where that guy, I forgot the name of it, but like he goes out into this trailer and in the woods and he like lives on his own. Um, in the mountains? No. I don't know. It's it, I think it's like one word. It's like this guy. And anyway, he like goes off in the woods by himself and he like finds this abandoned bus, like hippie bus or something. And he stays and he thought that's all he wanted to be in the woods by himself. And he accidentally ate a poison plant and he died. 
but before he died, he realized that he ate the poison plant and he realized that he was going to die. And he wrote in this journal. And after he died, people discovered the bus that he was living in because they went looking for him. And they saw that one of his notes was, um, fuck, now I can't even think of the, the, <laughs> I can't think of what he wrote in the journal. But he said, he said something like, oh, happiness is only real when shared. Happiness is only mm-hmm. real when shared. Yeah. And that was one of his, his realizations being out in the wilderness by himself anyway you guys the point that i'm getting to is that we i we need help we need to ask people for help like the people fuck it like tell people about what you're experiencing and they will help you more often than not and if they don't fuck it again fuck it so like go on to the next person you know i i just really think it's worth the risk of being annoying or being an overshare, you know, like if you're, it's just worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it. It's so important to ask for help when you're in a shitty situation. And we're just not meant to do life alone. You know, think of like, we're created in our mother's womb, right? Like at the point of conception, connection had to happen. The sperm had to touch the egg. Connection had to happen. Mm. The baby had to be in the womb, connected to an umbilical cord, connected directly to the mother. And so like, of course, then like once we come out into the world, we're still not meant to do life alone. It's so crucial to survive. We have to have connection. 100%. Your stories are such a beautiful reflection of that and a reminder. And another thing to realize that we are not the only ones going through our shit, no matter what, if, if you perceive your shit as lighter shit, if you perceive your shit as like really scary, fucked up stuff, we're not the only ones that have been through it. And sometimes telling, telling the story or, or, or just mentioning little things to people. Every time I do that, someone reflects back to me, wow, I was feeling that too. And it just changes my world, Casey. I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was insane. And literally this one other human saying that they've experienced the same thing has completely obliterated this belief that I'm secretly insane. That was one of my fears that came up in in October. I was like, everything's going well, but what if it's not really going well? And I'm just having a mental breakdown and I think everything's going well. And what if I'm going to be put in this insane asylum? I told my friend Ray this and she, I'm outing her. I don't think she'll care on this podcast, but I told my friend Ray this and she was like, oh my God, Emily, I'm in a really good place in my life too. And I've had, she had like, I'm not going to tell her story, but like she, she had like other things that she was thinking about in a similar realm. Like, what if this is just too good to be true? What if it's not true? What if I'm just crazy and it's not really true? In that moment of her telling me that, I'm like, oh my God, my life has changed. Like this whole fear has just gone away. So like, like just being able to rely on our friends, but even if you don't feel like you have friends right now, literally someone that you're vibing with, someone that you you feel safe enough with, someone that like you can tell is listening to you, sharing sharing just sharing what you're experiencing can can be completely life-changing and then yes as Casey said taking the opportunities that are being presented with someone suggests something and you're like oh that's oh that's how it feels for me when I create something in my life or get out of something oh 
that's an idea. Let me try that. Like when I wanted to get off alcohol, it was like, try, how did I get off alcohol? It was like, try meditation or, or try like, what if you stayed in tonight? Or what if you went out to a party? Not everyone has this, like, this wouldn't work necessarily for everyone. But like, what if you went out to a party and you just didn't drink and you felt really good because you could like be out and be social, but not drink? That just like surprisingly gave me a lot of self-worth to be like, whoa, I could do that, you know? Anyway, okay. So that all being said, I want to get back to, to the queer part of your purpose path journey because um I believe that the queer community is starting to have more and more community which is awesome Mm -hmm. a lot of the community can revolve around bars and stuff like that which is also Mm -hmm. cool but I think part of your purpose it seems is to like create other types of community that's like like deliberate intentional healing communities you can find healing in any any space any conversation any bar but there's an even another space to create healing within the queer community for folks like folks who have experienced that to be seen and to to be around like-minded people because it's great to be around different people, but it's also great to be around people who know what you've experienced. What do you yeah. think about what I just said? You know, Sarah J and I, so J, my wife and I also do not drink. And so we're like, but we met in a bar, which is funny. Mm. She, she worked at the bar. I was dating a mutual ex-girlfriend that we both had the bartender. Um, and so we're just always like, oh, if we could only find places that we could like go dance and just like come alive and be alive. And um, and so like we, you know, found Vitalist Institute and it's like, oh, you can move your body. You can like express your sensuality. Yeah. You can like, you know, move and have fun with other people in community while like coming to life right which is like a similar feeling at least it was for myself when I was in the bar of dancing and just letting go and being in the moment of pure bliss but now like I get to do it without the alcohol you know um which for me is just like really there's a lot of exhilaration that still gets to happen of moving my body and dancing and meditating and you know crawling on the floor and just like doing it amazing different practices and exercises totally 100 that's awesome that you vibe with a lot of that that situation too and I also yeah. think that it seems that sometimes there's a separation that happens just expanding on this topic where you can go to a gay bar and be like totally in a room full of most people who like know some version of what you go through in society, people not understanding people judging you, blah, blah, blah. And you're like accepted there. Or this is what, this is what I think the trend has been, but it's starting to change with the vitalist Institute. Or you can go to a yoga class or 
some spiritual center where like there's maybe one other person that would identify as being in the queer community, but the rest of the people would not. And they love you and they accept you. And like you say, they're allies, but you're like, okay, but this really isn't like, I'm not fully, I'm in a really healthy environment but perhaps I can't fully connect with a lot of the other people to a level that would really help me heal with what I've experienced. And like, do the instructors, are the instructors informed? Have, have they experienced it? Have they experienced it? Yes, no, there, there can still be a lot of healing again that can come from that. But like the fact that you are a practitioner that have got, that has like gone through this shit and you've gone through such a clear version of like the shit that can happen when you don't identify as straight Mm-hmm. And you're, you, you can, you can see your client like that. It's just a whole new level, as you say. I just think it's important to note that because I have seen it with people in my life where it really feels like, okay, I can be fully immersed in this environment where everybody sees me, but I also then it's not always, it still doesn't always feel like a healthy environment or I can go to the, or I can go to the healthy environment but not everybody sees me and you've got, you're getting into that middle ground, which is so, there is such a need for that. There's such a clear need for that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I remember even like my first weekend of vital school being like, is, is anybody else here? Queer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, can I own my queerness in this space? You know, yeah. like sure. Mike and Leah knew, but like right. nobody else did and you're and, and so it's just interesting right of like being able to like scan the room check for safety it's not interesting that was a bad choice of a word but like I mean it's frustrating right like it's sad it's fucking frustrating of having to be like what's my level of safety and so then yes in the in the queer bars um it's like ah oh, finally I know my level of safety, right? And and that's the sense of like, okay, now I have to create the spaces where people can come in and just like breathe and let down and just know that they're so held and safe and seen and valid and so loved, right? Like so loved without having to question it, to just have that deep knowing of like, I can be here. I don't have to do, I don't have to scan the room. I don't have to wonder. And I'm like, I'll get through some shit. Like some stuff where like, I used to like judge myself of having so much shame for like my life and my life choices. And like, I'm like, yep, have three baby daddies, married to a woman, divorcing, college dropout, you know, like live in a trailer park. And I love saying I live in a trailer park because it packs a punch. Fuck Mm -hmm. the mobile home communities, you know, just like, just get to live your life. And, and so now I'm on the other side of it of like, I no longer have shame much to my, you know, like why I really loved that you were like, I feel like what you do is take your situations and empower yourself with them, which is exactly what I've done, you know, taken Mm. my story and create an empowerment for myself, for the queer community, for other people to see that there really is hope and possibility of like, forget the judgment, right? Like I'm going to judge you, you know? Um, 
I'm still human. So like, if you wear a shirt that I don't like, I might be like, that's an odd choice. But like, <laughs> I like your core on a soul level, I certainly don't judge people. I can hold shame, like nobody's business. I love working with shame. I love working with like resistance and avoidance and the things that most practitioners don't really love to work with. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, like a huge there's a huge importance for building this, this space and this community as a practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. What's happening. It's so cool. What's happening. And I love that we're, this is, this is happening in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You guys, we're not in LA. We're not in New York city. <laughs> we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're Grand in Rapids. Michigan. And yeah. it's amazing. It's Bible you know? belt. Yeah, it is kind of still. Um, and it's yeah. yeah but but shit's changing it's a really good piece of evidence that shit is changing everywhere in the first world everywhere I think um, so okay what did you it... ask your second question sorry you said that you had two questions yes, I did ask both of them actually oh, oh great and I just wrote a note. Thank you. I just wrote a note that said, I really liked when you said whispers from the divine. Very important to note because a lot of us think that God, okay, Amanda Francis, one of my mentors says, I love her. Oh, she's so, she has just blown up my whole idea about what it has to mean to be successful, like, and how to get there. She just does things her own way. It's amazing. She says, God, I don't wait for God to get out a microphone. And a lot of us think that we have to wait for God to get out a microphone. I still, this morning, I was like still waiting. Like, God, aren't you going to tell me what? It's not always, not all of us hear. I would say most of us don't hear shit from God. But we, we feel, maybe we feel these little hints here and there. Or we hear whispers, perhaps. When I started really validating those as like, that's, could be the word right there. Like, let's follow that if that feels like good and safe and all that. That is when I started to really connect with God and feeling like I was connecting with God or the universe or, or whatever kind of force was going to lead me in the right direction. So I just loved how you said whispers. Mm, I love that. I'm writing it down. That was yeah. a good quote, Casey. It was awesome. Maybe I'll <laughs> title that episode that. That actually sounds really good. Um, okay, so all questions out of the way. What does a session with you look like? So I really think both virtually and in person, what happens is if you come to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, you come in and I drop in, get you to drop in with some guided meditation to really find your resource. Resource is just finding some safety and connection within your body or at least in your awareness so that if ever anything feels overwhelming during the session, you have something to come back to like that grounded sense of safety. Um, and just ask my client, can you check in with your intuition and see like what would be most supportive for you to work with today? And we work with that part. 
And sometimes I bring in breath work always in person. I always bring in actual breath work, Mm -hmm. um, either the three part breath or an open loop breath. Um, and if you're virtual, what's been fun is that over the last two years, I've just been able to play. So I could be like, Emily, I noticed like your right shoulder is tipped down. Could you imagine like me placing a hand on your shoulder? And can you just like give some counter pressure and see like what's there? Can you push it out? Would it feel good? And if that seems like something you would be up to, then you would, we would just like follow through and play with that. Um, and oh my God, my right shoulder is down. I know this is, whoa, (laughs) what a great example of what can happen in a session with Casey. (laughs) Now I'm like straightening my shit out. (laughs) I mean, it was just like the way that you were sitting. I know. Well, still, I think it can always, it's always related, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I really am just following the threads and pulling from my toolbox to see like what's best going to support the human being that's sitting in front of me. If I have, you know, virtually it's an hour in person, it's up to 30, it's up to 90 minutes. If I have this person and this is the only session that they're going to get where their life can be changed and they can feel a little bit better. What, you know, tell me what to do. Um, and by tell me what to do, I mean, like, I'm just such a clear channel of like, I'm so open. So I always, I myself always sit down, clear out my energy to say, what would you have me do today? If this is going to change the person's life, help me hear from you, help me see, help me get out of my own way to utilize the tools that I have been given, that I have taught, I have been taught so that I can help support this person in the best way possible. And sometimes we have like a huge release where there's, there's growling and crying and whatever. And sometimes it's a release of like massive awareness within the mindset shifting. Um, so that's a session with, with PC. Oh, that's awesome. It's like super intuitive. I have so much resistance to stuff like that. So that would be such a good session to, for me. <laughs> Because I'm like, when people ask me to go into, into myself and ask what's the right thing, I'm like, you try being in my brain, I have 50 different viewpoints in there, which is a great skill. And it it also can be difficult. And to me, that shows me that let's dive into the resistance or let's dive into like, whatever I feel like is that wall that is making me be Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, because like, do I really not know? probably not. So these types of sessions are so awesome for me because I get really, uh, I get really like, Oh, I don't know. I'm, this doesn't feel good. This isn't tell me what to do. For those of you who feel similarly, it's very interesting to just be in that uncomfortable space and see how you react when you don't try to lay another activity on top of it. I do it with my therapist in, in a certain way because she'll just sit with me and be like, I'm not going to give you any answers, Emily. We're just going to sit in this and you're going to see what happens. Trust me, you guys, you're going to have a big ass release and then you're going to be like, oh my God, I have a whole new viewpoint on what it means to be a human and, and love myself. And it can be so transformative. 
I would say for people who are really down with it and can go with it, obviously you're just going to be open to it. So then you go deep that way. But for the people that are super resistant to an, a whole intuitive process like this, go into it because then you're going to be, be able to figure out what's, where's this resistance coming from? Would you agree, Casey? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, then the philosophy, I, I can't remember if it was Micah or I don't know. Anyways, it resonates as truth to me of how we do one thing is how we do everything. Mm. And so if the resistance is showing up in the session because of not wanting to go into something, likely the resistance is showing up in all aspects of your life of like, you know, you're supposed to do the thing, but you're not doing the thing because resistance is there. And so we can work with resistance. And most, most times, nine times out of 10, resistance is actually a loyal soldier that is protecting you and keeping you safe, even though they're no longer protecting you and keeping you safe. And so if we just can go in and the adult self can show some compassion to the loyal soldier of like, hey, like, what's your purpose then? Like, why have you like resistance? Why have you shown up so much in my life? And being willing to hear from resistance and then resistance can be like, oh, you remember this one thing that happened and like you got hurt or you got in trouble or somehow it hurt you in the end, essentially. Um, this is why I've been here. This is why, like, you're always meeting resistance. It's like, oh, thank you so much, resistance, for for being there and protecting me. And, like, also, can you trust that I'm an adult now and I can keep myself safe and I've got my little one, you know? And then usually resistance will be like, oh, okay. But resistance doesn't want to go away. Resistance just wants a new job. Mm. And so then how do we get resistance to work with you to, like, make your life better? So that they, you know, because like that part of you has been like so loyal, but like also the adult self gets to give the loyal soldier permission to like chill the fuck out. Like, it's okay. Like I got me and I got my little one and I really need your help in this way. Can you help me find motivation to do the things that Mm -hmm. I'm meant to be doing, you know? And, and so there's, there's beauty in being able to just work with resistance Oh my God. That's cool. That's like some parts work shit. That's like some IFS type shit. That's amazing. I've heard so many people say that parts, parts work are like basically talking to the parts of yourself that you're feeling your different emotions or whatever. That's been like some of the most effective ways that I know a lot of people have, have healed. It's awesome that you look at it um, from that lens too. Um, And I'm just hearing you talk about this. I'm like, oh yeah, I've been vulnerable with people so many times and and they have um, made fun of me. I think that that applies to so many people who have this shit coming up for them. Even just hearing this explanation, it's like stuff is coming up. So it's potent folks. It's potent to work with Casey. (laughs) Um, Okay, I wanna, do you have time for one more question? I do, yeah. Okay, I ask all of, my guests on here, what you think the root of health is. So like the common denominator and by health, I mean, overall wellness, whatever, you know, being well is in your mind. What is the root of that? If you could pick one thing. I mean, the thing that's coming up is love. Hmm. Hmm. 
the pause is just like checking in to see what is it mm -hmm. yeah I, nothing else wants to come through just yeah. love um and really it makes sense Emily because if I like look back on all the things that I just shared on you or shared on you shared with you <laughs> is that like the learning how to love myself having like we're meant to have connection mm. and connection evokes love if we have self-love if we belong if we if we share the stories with other people because of love if people share stories with us because of love if they show share the open pathway the new way um then like we I you get to be healthy get to be in wellness right um because we have to have all of that to be healthy to be whole and so I'm not entirely sure why the answer of love came to me except for it really makes sense um and I can't argue with that yeah it does it does. And I think that's some, to me, that's something that's really come along with happiness and joy. Like when I started feeling those things that I didn't think were possible anymore, I started feeling like what felt like true love for like my friends, for my parents, for anyone, you know, not love that's been muddled up by passive aggressive feelings that haven't been worked through just like a and I'm still working through all that shit but like a pure form of love and like for the people who are like what the fuck are you guys talking about right now I still am in the place where I don't think any of this shit is like really real that love doesn't come with consequences or whatever like just know that it's this this is your sign that it's possible for you like you're you're hearing this right now to show yourself and and see clock that evidence my friend that this shit is possible for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you have something else to say? Like, <laughs> all I am now seeing is just like the evidence of love, right? Like going out in nature and the softness of the grass and like leaves being able to fall and the wind being able to blow. And I know it like still is a form of connection, but also it's love like the the ability for even nature to be able to work with one another to show its beauty right like and then perhaps if we can see the beauty then we can love and appreciate nature and take care of it which doesn't that still point us back to health and wholeness mm. totally everything's connected everything's connected and there's yeah there's all different ways to see this like what we're talking about which I think is so true I think yeah. it's so true Casey Joy thank you so much for joining me for this conversation so awesome oh you're having women's circles now at the Vitalist Institute right is it once yes. a week every Thursday once a week every Thursday with the exception of next week okay and this episode will be dropping tomorrow. So yeah, so just 
go on Casey's Instagram and check it out because she's having women's circles now at the Violet Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, so definitely take advantage of that. I'm going to hers tonight. And um, yeah, Casey Joy, the queer priestess, woman, wife, mom, healer, entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you. And I'm going to see you tonight. Thank you. I love you. It's such an honor, such a pleasure, such a joy to be here. Okay, you guys, I need your help here. I want to get word spread about the info that we share in this show as much as possible. I want it to reach around the world. It already has. I want it to continue to reach around the world. And I want us to be able to share this information because this is empowering shit. You guys know that I only share empowering shit on here. I only share stuff that is gonna make you feel like your dreams can become a reality and you can create what you want in your life and you can achieve what you want in your life and big changes can happen, big evolution can happen in a positive direction in your life. I've done that in my life. It is my goal, it is my life purpose to help as many other people achieve that as well. So if you can help me do this, I would be so grateful. Please share this episode, share my podcast, other people about my podcast, share it on Instagram. I would just so appreciate that. Subscribe, uh, whatever we can do to get the word out more about this information. I love providing it for you guys. It makes me so happy and it would just mean the world to me if you continue to share it. I love you guys so much. Info on how to work with me is in the show notes. I have a group coaching course. I have one-to-one private coaching. I have a workshop. There will be more offerings in the future and there's a lot going on. So all of this info is in the show notes and enjoy. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. I love you.